So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. I know that false teachers, like vicious wolves, will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own, own, own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Let us pray. Father, we come to you today with praise. We praise you for the victories of last Sunday. Father, my prayer all week has been that we don't lose that spiritual high. Can't get hung, can't get full on our last spiritual meal. Father, I just ask that you keep us hungry. Keep this church moving forward. Father, I praise you again for the joy of this church. I just I praise you that you make that a, a major concern of ours, and, and it's something we don't even have to work at. Uh, Father, it is just poured on us by the Holy Spirit. We praise you for that. Thank you for this church and the backing that they give their people here, this congregation. Uh, Father, I think, I think this congregation, even new people that are showing up, are starting to realize that they're a part of a family. This is not just another church. Father, I believe that's how you want it to be. And again, I praise you for giving myself and leadership the direction to make sure that happens. Father, today you've given me a sermon. This is something I've been studying on for quite a while. And I, I thank you for releasing it and allowing me to preach on it today. But Father, I definitely need your help. In this moment, Father, I'm asking that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, I've had a lot of distractions this week. I just ask that you take those away. Father, replace that today. I need your boldness to preach this sermon. Your courage. Father, most importantly, your love. Ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. The scripture that we just read from, from Acts chapter 20, this is Paul speaking to the church leaders. He's warning, them not that, he's warning them that not only will wolves come to deceive God's people from outside of the church, but there will also be snakes from among the church that will deceive God's people as well. And as you read on that last verse, they'll do it to gain a following. Paul is warning the church of what we call today cult. Cults have run rampant in the world for the last 2,000 years, but I need you to understand they still run rampant today. Again, in the first half of the scripture that we just read, Paul, again, he's talking about the wolves from outside of the church. A perfect example of this would be Hitler and the Nazi party who killed millions and millions of Jews. For most Christians, it is easy to spot out the wolves pretty obvious to us who the wolves are. But today I want to talk about the second half of the scripture where Paul is talking about the snakes from within the church that come to deceive God's people. Today's title is When Churches Become Cults. Before we move on, let's look at the definition of what a cult actually is. A group of people which is typically led by a charismatic and self-appointed leader 
who excessively controls its members, requiring unwavering devotion to a set of beliefs and practices which are considered divine. There are two people in our recent history that fit the title of snakes that's talked about in Acts chapter 20. The first one is David Koresh. This was the leader of the Branch Davidian in Waco. David tricked his followers into believing that he was the second coming of Jesus Christ himself. The result of this cult ended with 84 people dead. 27 of them were children. Most of them burned alive. The second one is Jim Jones, who was the leader of the People's Temple. Jim convinced his followers, get this, that he was a reincarnated Messiah like Jesus. Nothing biblical about that, by the way. The result of this cult ended with a mass suicide of 918 people. 300 of them were children, and they were forced to drink the poison. 300 children. These two men started out calling themselves pastors of what they called a church. And they were able to manipulate people into following them. I truly believe a reason why all these people followed them, followed these two snakes, is because of their lack of knowledge. I also believe if the warning signs of a cult had been discussed more thorough through the true church, it may have saved some of these people's lives. In fact, guys, while I was preparing for this sermon, I went to YouTube and I was wanting to see how many sermons have been preached on cults. I found two. Y'all know how many sermons have been preached about finances and money? Over a thousand on YouTube, but only two on cults. Obviously, the church has been lacking in this area, and it is something that Paul is trying to warn us about. You may be saying, but Micah, I know Christian Warriors Church is not a cult, so why do I need this information? To teach others, guys. That's our job as a church. We need to be doing the same thing that Paul was doing here. We need to be warning our fellow brothers and sisters that this is still out there today. We need to be warning what they need to be looking for. And that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to have, I've got seven red flags that we're going to talk about today that are signs that a church is becoming cult-like. The first one, you are not free to leave the church. Not free to leave the church. If a church is hostile towards members leaving, you have a problem. If a church shames or shuns someone for leaving, you have a problem. If leaving a church is met with threats, you have a problem. Cultic churches are focused on power and control. Cult leaders do everything they can to keep control over their members. These types of leaders make it hard to leave. An authentic church and an authentic pastor understands that their church is not for everyone. An authentic pastor never says, those are my people. I've literally heard pastors say that. Like, I've heard pastors that would get upset 
because somebody left their congregation and went to another church and went to that pastor and said, those are my people. Y'all know what the difference was between Pharaoh and Moses? Pharaoh thought the people were his. Moses knew the people were God's. Amen? Guys, again, there's nothing wrong with somebody leaving your church. You know, that's why there's so many churches. Christian Wars Church isn't for everybody, and that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. There's different characteristics that people may have. And their characteristics may not fit. I'll be honest, if you don't want to be hugged, you probably don't need to be here. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> it's just the truth of it. One of the things that I always try to stress when people do show up, and if I find out that they leave, I always try to reach out to them and say, hey, it's okay that this wasn't the fit for you, but what are you looking for? Because here's the thing, I have a lot of good friends that are pastors in this town. There's a lot of great churches in this town. And I can lead you to the right one that you're looking for. That's what a pastor should do. That's what was taught to me by my mentors. But the thing is, is it's kind of common sense, right? Guys, I need you to understand, when I became a pastor, I didn't take an oath to Christian Warriors Church. I took an oath to God's church. I'm a lot more concerned about filling up heaven than I am these seats. It's a lot more important. Our church should always feel that way. If somebody leaves, let's try and lead them in the right direction. Amen? Amen. Amen. Guys, Jesus Christ would never hold you ransom, so neither should his church. A church is not a dictatorship, it's a covering. It's a covering. A true church will help people strengthen their own personal walk, regardless if they attend their church or a different church. It doesn't matter because we're all God's church. Amen? Let's look at Galatians 3.28. There is no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So if a church is telling you that you have to be at their church, you have a problem. Which turns me into the second red flag is when that church says that the only way to heaven is through their church. Guys, I want you to listen close. I have a shocking revelation for all Christians, not just you guys. But you don't have to go to church to get to heaven. Guys, let's look at Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift from God. Okay, so I need you to understand. First of all, well, hang on, let, let, me, let me say this. It, 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 I don't want anybody to misinterpret me. I didn't say Christians shouldn't go to church. Every Christian should go to church. You should be a part of a church body. You should serve in a church. But what I do want you to understand is there's not a certain church, there's not a certain building with four walls that you have to be in to get to heaven. If anybody tells you that, you have a problem. Let's look at John eleven, fifty one, and 52. He did not say this on his own. As high priest at that time, he was led to prophesy, or excuse me, prophecy that Jesus would die 
for the entire nation, and not only for that nation, but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered around the world. So again, any church that tells you that, got a problem. Third red flag. They teach and study doctrine that is outside the Bible. A doctrine that contradicts the word of God is completely wrong. Guys, there was a cult. Some of y'all might have seen this on, on Netflix. It was Heaven's Gates. You know, they, they, their doctrine was is that they were aliens and aliens were going to come get them and they were going to take them to heaven. There's not one scripture in the Bible to back that up. Not one. Can y'all believe that? What is wrong? Aliens, I'll tell you what. I'm going to tell y'all right now, I see an alien, I'm going to shoot it. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's going to scare me to death. I don't want to, I ain't going nowhere with a dang alien. David Koresh, guys, here was the thing that David Koresh taught. David Koresh, again, I apologize if we've got some young kids in here because I'm going to get on a topic that's a little touchy. Um, David Koresh would tell the other men in his group that their wives were his wives. And they were not to have sex with their wives, but he could have sex with their wives. Really? Dude, I'll knock you out. I mean, I'm just being honest. What is wrong with these men that were following him? I don't understand. Guys, there's churches, other, or excuse me, there's other cults that will have sex with underage children. I was watching a documentary the other night of one who had, I think it was 14 wives, and all of them were 14 years of age or younger. He was like 80. Y'all, that's sick. That's sick, y'all. And this was his own doctrine. And, and then the last one I want to talk about is Jim Jones, who said that the way that they had to go to heaven was by committing suicide. Guys, if you've ever been to a church or you ever hear a church that says you have to hurt yourself in order to gain salvation or in order to be in the glory of God, you've got a major problem. Plain and simple, guys, these unbiblical doctrines are taught to fulfill a cult's leadership's sinful desires and ambitions. This is only, excuse me, there is only one true doctrine, and obviously that is the Bible. And his words should never be added to or taken away from. Let's look at Proverbs 35 and 6. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection. Do not add to his words, or he may rebuke you and expose you as a liar. And guess what he did to Jim Jones and David Koresh? Exposed him as a liar. Guys, if your church has a license to sin, you have a problem. The fourth red flag. The pastor has zero tolerance for questions and opinions. A true pastor welcomes questions, guys, because that's how people learn and that's how they grow on their walk. We accept questions and opinions in this church. But I do want to talk about the kinds that we actually do expect. But, but let me tell you this first. God doesn't want you to come to church and leave your brain at the door, guys. He gave you wisdom and knowledge for a reason. He wants you to use that. In fact, 
the Bible encourages critical thinking. Let's go look at 1 John 4, 1. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. He encourages critical thinking. He encourages you to ask questions. He encourages that. If a pastor acts hostile to genuine questions, there's a problem. But I want you to notice I said genuine. We get a lot of what I call keyboard warriors online. They immediately get defensive about some of the things that we preach and we teach at this church. Guys, if you come to a pastor with questions led by pride instead of genuine humility, don't get upset if you're shunned. Don't get upset. But if you come to that pastor with a genuine question or an opinion and he shows pride, again, you have a problem. Let's look at Proverbs 26, 12. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. A pastor should never act this way, guys. Um, guys, as a pastor, I always accept genuine questions and opinions. I want to take just a second right here. Um, if you have a question, the thing that I, this, this was taught to me before I was ever a pastor. Um, if I had a question about something that was going on in the church or something that he preached, whatever it may be, uh, I didn't just go straight to the pastor. I went to God first. Spent time in prayer. Spent time in studying my Bible. Because you know what? Maybe it's your own pride thinking, I know all this because my mama and daddy taught me different. Go open your Bible. Let's make sure. Had that happen quite a few times. Make sure you're praying before you go to your church leaders and, and, and I tell you, a big reason why you want to do that is it, it could stop you from looking like a fool. But again, if you have genuine questions, guys, come and ask. I promise you, myself, the elders, Bojo, Mikey, Cheryl, the leadership of this church will accept any question you have. And you know what? I'm going to promise you this, too. If I ain't got the answer to it, I'm going to look at you and tell you that. I'm not going to just you know, throw something out there, think I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to look at you and say, you know, I'm not 100% positive, but give me a couple days. Let me study my Bible. Let me talk to the elders. Let me talk to my mentors, and I'll get you an answer. That should be how a pastor reacts to genuine questions. The fifth red flag. I'm going to get on my high horse just a little bit. God, please keep my, no pride. Um, Pastor-centered worship. See this a lot. See it a lot. You should never attend a church where the church tries to make the focal point their pastor. You should never attend a church where a pastor takes center stage during worship and behaves like a rock star. Y'all won't ever see me do that. Y'all saw me try to dance last week. It was bad. 
You should never attend a church where there are pictures of the pastor all over the walls. You should never attend a church where the walls of the sanctuary have quotes from the pastor plastered all over them instead of Bible verses. Now, y'all may be thinking I'm crazy, but this is really true. You'll never see this at this church, guys. I assure you the leadership and myself will never allow that to happen. Here at Christian Warriors Church, we worship God and God alone. But guys, again, I assure you this is going on right now in some churches and some not too far from here. No man, no pastor should ever take away from the glory of Jesus Christ. He and he alone should always be the only one that's exalted. Amen? I'm about to step on some toes. You see this a lot in social media. Guys, there's social media pages for a church. And it's named after the pastor. Pastor such and such page. Not the church. We're a team. And we're team Jesus. He's given us a title of a church. He's put this church together and we are a team. We're team Christian Warriors Church. There's no one individual above that. And y'all call me old-fashioned or whatever, but I've been taught that since day one. To see pastors, it hurts my heart, to see pastors that are exalting themselves above their church, run. Run from them. That's nothing but pride. I see it too much, guys. And I struggle with this because, again, they're bringing attention to themselves. And they're not bringing attention to the church that God called them to shepherd. Let's look at Isaiah 42, 8. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. The only thing that should ever be center worshipped at a church is God and God alone. No man. Never. Guys, the Bible tells us to not put all our faith in man because they'll let you down. I don't mind standing on this stage and telling y'all right now, at some point I'll, I'll probably let you down. I've probably let some of you down already. I, I, have, I make mistakes. I have my faults. I have no issue sitting up here and telling you that. And that's why, again, at this church, we're going to look at the one and exalt the one that doesn't make mistakes. The one that will not let you down. Because I need you to understand something about this church. One day, hopefully a very long time from now, I, I won't be here. I'll be dead. 
the next pastor that steps up, I promise you this church will keep moving, and I'm going to tell you why. Because it's God-centered, it ain't man-centered. What I need y'all to do is to make sure that it stays that way. It's not just on the leadership. We're one team. We're one family. Keep us humble. Because I guarantee you, King David didn't think that he'd slip up the way he did either. One thing I can tell y'all is I'm on guard. I promise you that. And I know this leadership is too. Satan's slick. He's slick. So we need y'all's help. Continue to pray for us. Continue to keep us in check. Make sure this church is a team. And there's not one individual that we're trying to put ahead of that. Amen? The sixth red flag. You cannot make life decisions without the permission of leadership. If you want to marry somebody, take on a new job, or have a child, that decision is between you and God alone. Church leadership is here to counsel you, not control you. Now, guys, I need you to understand, you should seek counsel from the leadership. There's nothing wrong with that. You absolutely should, should do that. But if they try to control your decisions or they try to control your life, you have a problem. I want to get to the last one. We're going to go to number seven. If the pastor and leadership are using the church to gain extra profit for themselves, got into money. I'm not saying pastors shouldn't be paid, by the way, guys. I need you to understand this. Pastors have families they have to take care of. Nothing wrong with a pastor getting paid. I can speak on this because I don't get paid, by the way. You know, it's so funny. It's so funny. You know, people, I've heard people literally say, you know, that, that, that old Christian Wars church, it, it's a cult, you know. And, and like one of the main flags is the pastor making all the money. I don't make no money. You know? It's, it, guys, but. If the pastor, all right, let me put it to you this way. Let's say y'all walked in here the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I had a Black Friday flyer in every single chair. That's cultish. We got a problem. You'll never see it here. But I've literally seen people, leadership in churches, Advertise their business through a church. Some of y'all might think, well, Micah, that's not that big a deal. Let's go look at Mark 11, 15 through 18. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. The only time Jesus ever started flipping tables was when somebody dishonored his father's house. And would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. He cut it out. No more business in the church. And as he taught them, he said, It is not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers.
there are cultish type churches that will control your finances, by the way. This is a major red flag. They won't see you, you, you check stub. They don't know where you work. Y'all laughing, I'm serious. This really goes on. They look at it as if you get a raise, you're already living okay anyway, so that money needs to come to me. That's what you see in cultish churches. Again, you see some of them will say, well, I never get a dime for the church. Yeah, maybe they don't, but again, they're advertising their business in a church. I've seen this. Guys, I don't know about y'all, but if Jesus is flipping tables, I'm going to take notice. Never should money be brought in, extra money be brought in for any type of leadership that is personal gain to them over what the church has already agreed maybe the pastor would, would get paid. I do want to harp on that just a second. Me and Dustin were just talking about this in the back earlier. Tony Evans is one of my favorite pastors. I love Tony Evans. And one time they did an interview with him and they were asking him, how much should a pastor get paid? And his question was, how big's his family? And they said, well, why does that matter? And he said, well, if you've got an older guy and his wife, their kids are already grown, they're out of the house and so forth, he don't need a lot of money. He said, but if you've got a pastor who's got five kids and, and they're young and you've got to get them through college, you better pay him a lot more money. And they said, well, pastor, that's not fair. And he said, no, it's very fair. He said, nobody should really live outside of what they actually need. A pastor should live comfortably. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm going to tell you why, because you don't want to pay a pastor a low amount of money and then he's got financial struggles and, and he's, trying to, he's trying to help you guys and he's trying to put sermons together and so forth. I know I'm kind of going off on this just a little bit, but I need y'all to understand because I've actually heard some people get a little upset about some pastors actually locally that make a decent amount of money. They got a lot of kids. They need that. I can stand up here and talk about this again for our pastors because I don't get paid. And I don't ever want to get paid from this church. I want God to provide mine through our business like he always has. But never hate on a pastor because they're making a little bit more money than what you think they should make. Start doing your homework. But again, when you got pastors that buy private jets, when you got pastors driving Maseratis, when you got pastors living in $30 million houses, we got a problem. I told you I was going to step on some toes. I want to close with this, guys. I said earlier, we, we've been called a cult before. And I ain't going to lie, it made me really mad the first time I heard it. Your pastor got fighting mad. But I reached out to an older pastor who's a mentor of mine, and I told him, I was like, why would somebody say this about our church? And he said, you need to take that as a compliment. And I said, no, that's a terrible word. And this is what he told me. He said, if they haven't done their homework on your church and they hadn't been in your church, number one, they better be careful before they go and judge the house of God before they do their own homework. But I love when he said this. He said, all 
the churches that people have not been into, but they call them a cult, is either a cult or an amazing church. It's not average. They're jealous. There are cult-like tendencies that go on in churches, guys. There are. And here's the thing. They're not there yet. They're not there yet, but we're seeing some red flags in some churches. Our job, our job is to pray for them. Our job is to teach the truth to others so they don't walk into a church and not see these red flags. I go back again to Jim Jones. 918 people. 300 children. If somebody would have gone to those people ahead of time and give them a little bit of knowledge, probably would have saved their life. Cults are nothing but false prophets, guys. They're nothing but false prophets. And the Bible continues and continues to warn us about them your job church it's your job I want to stress one more thing we'll move on one way God showed me this one way that we know that this church is anointed and has no cult like tendencies You can't fake the Holy Spirit. You can't counterfeit that. And one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is joy. And we talk about it all the time. This church is filled with it. So church to y'all, continue that. Don't ever allow anyone to even give it a thought. And if anyone ever does, if they ever come to you and say something of that nature, invite them to church. Invite them. I challenge anybody, <laughs> anybody that thinks this is a cultish type church, I challenge them, show up. Show up. You'll see real quick. You'll see real quick. So to all you people online, y'all can shove it. Guys, if y'all been a part of a church that's like this, I need you to understand if you're here, you ain't got to worry about it anymore. But if you know somebody that has, guys, again, start praying for them. Pray for God to open the door to where you can have that conversation with them. Teach them, love on them, and make sure they understand. Again, you may be saving somebody's life.